Good morning. You are tuned in to KPOO San Francisco 89.5, and you may be streaming on the World Wide Web at kpoo.com. I'm your host, Nube, here on Prison Focus Radio, and we are going to continue my conversation I was having with James Abdul Malik Yates about his fight after 25 years to be released from a mandatory life sentence. Here we go. So you have uh, worked, though, two years pre-trial to get yourself educated about what's happening, and yet and still, and you're trying to to avoid, obviously, a life sentence, but you are uh, ultimately indicted and convicted of, for, for life, for this mandatory life. What happens from there? Well, let me, let me go to the trial. In the trial, I was also represented by an attorney. During the trial, in the middle of the trial, I still had this same feeling that this attorney, although he's like the seventh attorney at the time, but the seventh attorney that I've had, he is not doing what he's supposed to be doing, you know, uh, as far as my representation is concerned. So I ended up firing him, and I took the trial over myself. So I say, you know, and, 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 and some of the guys that was mentoring me, we was always in agreement that man, you might have to do this yourself. If you're going to prison, man, you might as well, you might as well just take the just take the wheel and and drive yourself there because he's driving you to prison. You're going to prison with this particular attorney. But anyway, wow. so uh, it took them two weeks to find. They they took our indictment and they split us up into three groups, into three courtrooms because it was so many of us. Right. And the group that I was with. And it took the, the jury m- m- close to two weeks to find us guilty. Two and weeks? One of, it took them two weeks. And, and, and I attribute that to, I attribute that to, uh, we were having these evidentiary hearings about some of the evidence that, that, that the government had accumulated and in which they had accumulated through uh, 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 wiretaps. Mm-hmm. And and the tapes that these conversations were on, we were trying to get them dismissed. We had an evidentiary here trying to get the tapes dismissed. Uh, and the judge found some of the arguments that we presented about the tapes and getting the tapes thrown out. He said, well, I don't think that it's an issue about, because one of our arguments was you can't really hear what's on the tapes. And the judge, the judge he said that, well, I don't think that it's an audibility issue with the tapes. I think that it's more so dealing with lingo, meaning that there was a high African-American dialect being mm-hmm. used by us in, in the tapes. And when he said that, a number of us immediately stood up, okay, if you say it's a lingo problem, that means we've got to have a black jury to understand the lingo, right? So, <laughs> yes. So, but, and, he, and he went for it, and for the, most, for the most part, he gave us a lot of blacks on the jury. Okay. More than you would normally, more than it now. There were some whites, there were some, some Spanish people, but more than you would normally see in the trial like that. Okay. So I attribute, I attribute the two weeks, uh, them not finding his guilty to about two weeks based on, on the fact that they had a lot of arguments in the jury room. Okay. At the time I was, at the time I was representing myself, so I was constantly going back and forth to court 
when the jury had a question, they would call me along with my other co-defendant's attorney because I was my own attorney, and so I was able to hear some of the questions that the jury had. It was, it was clear that the, the, the jury was deadlocked. Now, okay. on, I think it was around July, the 1st of July, either the 1st or the 2nd of, of July, they came, with, they came back with a question, and, it, and, it, and the judge wrote some instructions to the jury that gave the, the jury the impression that, now, you're going to have to come up with a decision now or you're going to be here for July 4th. And they oh. had already been there for, for a long time. And they came mm-hmm. back with a decision. They came back with the guilt. They came, they came back with the with the uh, with the uh, with the guilty verdict. And you had jurors, some of the African American jurors, crying. As a matter of fact, matter of fact, they were crying during trial. Um, okay. At that moment, do you feel, um, based on what you had been seeing, do you feel like there was some intimidation? Some manipulation going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've had uh, uh, um, marshals because we've been going to court. Our trial lasted three months. We've been going to court, and so these same marshals was transporting us to different back and forth to court, and and as a result of just going on uh, essentially four days, at least four days out of the week, you get this, you get some type of uh, uh, rapport. With, with 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 those guys and and they would oftentimes speak openly and and, and one particular monster was like man it sounded like they were I had to go back there man and, and tell them to keep it down it sounded like they were fighting back there in the room so but uh, and that would that that ended of itself uh, is not proper for him to go into that room for anything he has to get the permission of the judge but uh, things like that. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I think that most definitely, I think that there was some intimidation going on with with the jury and, the, and themselves, as well as you know, uh, with 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 uh, officials. Right. I, well, you know, do, do do I have any solid proof? No, I don't have any solid proof. No, but of no course. doubt. I mean, but, yeah. but, but no, but no doubt, but no doubt. Okay. Um, wow. Did all of you in your in your group? Were you all sentenced to mandatory life? No, only the ones who were charged with the uh, the the, uh, the CCE or the continuing criminal enterprise. The other okay. people outside of the seventeen it was seventeen of us charged with the, the CCE, and I believe that it was maybe uh, maybe it was um, mm-hmm. thirteen or fourteen of us who actually went to trial with the with the with the with the, with the CCE. Now the CCE descendants. We all receive mandatory life. Okay. Were any of your family members there to to hear this? The sentence? No, I didn't. I I wasn't doing it. I you know I don't I don't even I don't even think that I told them. Uh, I don't even think that I told them the day that I was getting sentenced. There's okay. no way in the world that I was. I couldn't. I could not have. I couldn't have my family there, for for that. The day that we were, the day we, the day we were convicted, uh, that day was that day was so traumatic for me uh, because I, I thought that I was, I thought that we were fighting so hard, and I thought that we had the the the, the, the law uh, on 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 our side, and, and and so it was so disappointing. In fact, the day that the verdict came came. 
none of our family members were able to even come into the courtroom. The courtroom was packed with politicians and reporters. None of us, we didn't, you know, I don't, how, how they knew that it was going to be a guilty verdict, you know, I, I can only speculate, but uh, none of our family members, family members couldn't even get in the courtroom that day. But it was so it was so overwhelming to hear those guilty verdicts. I just, I mean, I I feel that was like the first day of my existence to hear those guilty verdicts that day because we had we had fought so hard, you know, and we just knew that no, nah, we we got this. There's no way in the world we're gonna be convicted of this this foolishness. There's absolutely no no way in the world. And then we thought to you know, said that the jury, based upon you had a number of black blacks on the jury, was like, no, no, we we not no, there's no way in the world we're gonna convicted but that was not the case so it was a uh, it was it was a uh, it was it was it was tremendously uh it was traumatic tremendously traumatic i mean trauma was traumatizing to me you know uh of course to, to be to, to be convicted to be convicted you know after fighting so long and thinking that you know the law we got the law on our side and you know i'm rambling again did i answer your question Okay, what's what's your frame of mind? You kind of got to get busy right away. You're 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 going in. You've been you mean, captured. You mean, You've got life ahead of you. What do you know your frame of mind, or do you want to go right to your continued fight, continued well, fight? Because like I, I I know my frame of mind like it was yesterday. I mean, uh, the day that it happened, I was I was uh, I was. I was the day of the conviction, or the day that the day they convicted us. That particular day and that moment, I felt like giving up. That okay. moment, I felt like, man, I'm in the hell with this thing. Nah, I, I felt like giving up. After sitting for maybe a day, if that, uh, sitting for for maybe a, a day and reflecting. You know, on you know, I got I got I got children. I got a a, a mother who who's who's looking at me a certain way. I got a grandmother who's looking at me a certain way. I got other family members who's looking at me a certain way. They expected certain things out of me because this is the way that they raised me. So I get up, and it's time to rumble. It's time to fight. You know, so that's the frame of mind that I was in after I I sat and thought. You know. But that initial that initial blow was like, man, it's over. I'm done. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, you can't win. You can't win against this. You can't win against this. Now, and and I, and I have to admit, uh, over the years, I experienced that. You know, uh, fouling things into the court, knowing that I'm absolutely right on on the issue, and the the court rejecting it or denying it. You feel like, man, that's it. All right, man, it's, I'm done. Then I sit and. And I'm reminded, no, you got kids, bro. No, you have a mother, bro. No, you have a grandmother. You got to keep rumbling. Excuse me, folks. But during my wonderful conversation with Abdul Malik, I did get a call from my loved one inside. And the reason I took the call is because Malik, who will be coming home September 3rd to be the editor of the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper, actually introduced me to Abdul Malik, saying that this brother had an amazing story. And so that is why we are connected. So I went ahead and took that call. So here we are getting right back to it. 
you were talking about this, uh, the, the experience you were having of the feeling of giving up, but then constantly um, bringing forward your, your mother and your grandmother, your family to keep you going. Yes, yes. And most definitely, I, like I say, I, I, I've experienced, um, I've experienced the thought uh, to give up a number of times. You know, constantly fighting and and having your your issues and your arguments to be re, re, to be rejected by the court. You know, so much, so often. You know, each one of those what what the average person may have looked at it as a defeat. Uh, each one of those, uh, I don't know if I call them a setback, but each, each time that they did it, I've experienced that because you put in so much work, you do so much research, and and you, you make sure that all of your, your T's are crossing your eyes, I doubt it, only to have it blown back into your face by the, by, by the court is, it's disheartening, and 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 sure, I've I experienced that 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 feeling to just say, man, I man, I'm just gonna fall back and just to hell with it. But but like you say, conjuring up, you know, uh, thinking about, okay, I got children, I I got a mother, I got a grandmother, now I got to get back to them, and they expected me to get back to them, and they expected me to get up off of my behind and do what I need to do to get back to them, you know. Uh, so anytime that I've experienced that, and I've most definitely experienced it. I thought back it. Hey, I got to get back out there to my family, man. I got to get up and, and 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 fight the fight. So, but essentially, that that that's a huge part of what enabled me to to keep putting my best foot forward and and not giving up, man, and not giving up and keep that keep that you know uh, in the forefront of my mind. And that also helped me to uh, to uh, stay away from a lot of the foolishness that went on it. You know, in 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 prison, in prison with, with you know, because there's a lot of foolish that go that goes on in prison. But that right there helped me to you know keep my my eye on the prize, if you will, keep right. my to to, 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 to to stay focused. You know, but most definitely, I I had my days. Okay. I had my days. Most definitely, I had my days. You know, with with several mandatory life sentences, I had my days. So I'm sorry. Did you say you had several? Mandatory life sentences? Yes, I received a mandatory life sentence for count one. I received a mandatory life sentence for count two. I received a mandatory life sentence for count three. I received a mandatory life sentence for count four. And the other counts was, you know, ranged from 30 years, 20 years. Uh, I think it may be a couple 10-year sentences for certain counts and a couple five-year sentences for, for certain counts. So, okay, well, how many times were you, um, did you go to court only to be denied? How many times did you experience that? Wow. I don't know. A lot. Wow. So you basically lost count. Yeah, a lot. A lot of, a lot of times, a lot of times, different appeals, uh, or filed different things into the court, the court would deny it. I would appeal to the court would deny it. I would appeal it to the Supreme Court. The court would deny it. Then another issue, I was filed to the court, and the same, the same thing continued on and on. And on. I, I forgot. I lost count. 
a lot of times. Within the 25 years that I was incarcerated, a whole lot of times. A lot of appeals were denied. Yeah. Okay. In fact, all all of the appeals were <laughs> all of the appeals were denied up to up to the point where I was eventually uh, granted the motion under the uh, First Step Act. Okay. Um, before we get to that, you were trying to avoid when you were in jail for those those two years, and you you hit those that law library because you were trying to avoid a life sentence. What changed though after all of these years? around how you viewed the system. And I don't want to ask, I guess, on a personal level. Um, and when you started this, you were James Yates. Somewhere along the way, you became Abdul Malik, I'm assuming. So yes. there's there's a transformation that's happening through all of this. Can you talk about that? With regards to the Abdul Malik, uh, me being me, me becoming Abdul, named Abdul Malik. Uh, when, when when I first when we first were indicted, uh, I already had an interest in the religion of Islam. Uh, I had a number of associates and friends who were who were part of the nation of Islam, uh, and for the most part, they have a, they had a nice they had a nice uh, degree of influence. Uh, with regards to how I saw certain things, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so based upon that influence, when, when I when I was indicted, um, I began to dig a little deeper. So I already had the interest of becoming a Muslim. So it didn't it didn't take long. It didn't okay. take long. In fact, and in, in fact, we were we were I was indicted August thirty first, nineteen ninety five, by October thirty first. 1995, I was a Muslim, and I had adopted the name uh, Abdul Malik, meaning the servant of the of the uh, of the of the king. Um, but yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't it didn't it didn't it didn't it didn't take long. Now the uh, can the, I uh, ask? Did, was did do you was that an integral part of what kept you moving forward? I think so. I this think it was a okay. huge. Yeah, I think it was a huge part because it gave me the type of outlook on uh, the world and the outlook on life that that, get, that that helped me to understand that it all comes with the territory of this of this thing called life. Okay. Am I in agreement with all of the food that goes on with the system? No, absolutely not. I'm not in agreement with, it, with any of it. I wasn't in agreement with it back then, and I'm and I'm still not in agreement with it in 2020. It's broke. It needs to be fixed. It was broke then. It's still broke now, regardless of how many individuals they let out of prison. It's still broke. It's broke. Uh, but the religion of Islam, me becoming a Muslim and learning as much as I did with regards to that particular that particular religion, it gave me a better understanding of life itself, and it gave me a better understanding with regards to the uh it gave me a better understanding of the world, you know. It helped me to understand that it all comes apart. It's a, it's a, it's a part of it. You know, uh, the religion of Islam, it helps me to, under, to understand that, okay, your situation may be dire. Your situation may be bleak. But understand, there is some people in this world whose circumstances and situations is far more uh, dire than yours. You, 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 take, you take the blows. 
and you keep pushing because it's a part of life. So when you when you when you when, when you get knocked on your butt, you get up, understand that you're gonna get knocked on your butt again, and you keep pushing and you push a little further. You uh, but understand, be ready because you're gonna get knocked back on your butt again, and that's just how life is. And I understood that, and it enabled, it enabled me, I think, to, to keep a, to maintain a, 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 a for the most part a positive outlook and such a, a negative a negative uh, predicament, you know. And the religion of Islam helped me helped me a long way helped helped me a long way in that. Did your politics change? Did you have any particular politics around um, how this racist system works? Did uh, that change and transform um, as you were you were fighting for your freedom? And if you did, did that also change? Yeah, yeah, it changed. It changed. Uh, it changed. In my opinion, dramatically, because the way that that looks, I look at the system now. I mean, originally, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see the system. Uh, I seen it as, as being broken, but now, oh man, it's just the way that I. It's, uh, I don't like to sound like a pessimist because no, I don't but... think that I am. A, I don't think <laughs> yeah. that I am a pessimist. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's it's broken. I don't see it. You know, I I don't see it being fixed anytime anytime soon. And that's not to say that that one should give up in his efforts and his struggle and to change in it because you've got to keep pushing. Okay, that is part two, but not the end of my conversation with Abdul Malik. You'll have to come back next week to hear the final. Uh, cut from that conversation. In the meantime, we are going to take a break, a musical break, with Climbing Poetry, and then we will come back with some voices on the inside, Imulimu and friends. Let this be the best day of your life, cause it is the one you are living. Let this moment be a gift, cause it's what you've been given. Live as if this were the end, cause it's just the beginning. Close your eyes, open wide, what is your vision? machine built to kill. We rise like sunshine. The shadows are memory of the struggle it took to lift our heads above drowning. We breathe, exhale the sky full of stars, pregnant with moon, trace the constellations in the shape of our revelation for tomorrow.
today, Malimo. Hey, happy Black August. Well, happy Black August to you, too. Uh, that's <laughs> the only thing going on. <laughs> We're celebrating. <laughs> We're in full swing. I have a lot of comrades in my building, so um, the comrades in the other building, they pretty much know what to do. There's no social interaction and no group uh, activity, so everybody's just fasting and exercising their cell. Uh, I'm a little fatigued because, you know, today starts, starts off the 24-hour fast, in memory of the comrade Joker Katari. And, uh, you know, a few people wrote some pretty good essays. We passed them around. And I'm going to go do my last workout uh, at midnight and break my fast. But uh, it's, it's, the spirit is still alive, you know. The spirit is alive. And uh, we're embracing, you know, what our ancestors, the smooth path that they left behind for us to follow suit in. We're embracing that. So I'm, I'm glad to see that, you know. But other yeah. than that... You know that the, the uh, we're still trying to work out some kinks with these prison bureaucrats to get us a more flowing program because right now there is none, and um, trying to get these uh, tablets because they still don't have a kiosk machine. They say we're approved for them, and just little things like that is what we're trying to deal with. But other than that, everything's going okay. How are you doing? 
Doing good, doing good. Yeah, first day of Black August out here too, as you know. And uh, things are in full swing. It's beautiful to see. And uh, yeah, I'm fasting with you. Well, that's a good thing. I'm glad glad I have the help. <laughs> yes, indeed. I'm glad, I'm glad I have the help. Usually, Black August, my stomach is small anyway, so I don't eat a lot. I usually lose about 10 pounds because I, I kind of vicious on my workouts. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a good thing because you feel the energy, you feel the strength, and you're empowered by the literature that you read and study. And you can see the importance, you know, of, of our resistance. And... Um, you know, the comrades sacrificed their life, so I can do the same. Um, I have been contemplating trying to build my discipline even more in my mind to fast like Jesus did for 40 days and 40 nights. And I didn't go that far in, in our that hunger strike that we had. I went about 35 and I dropped. But I think one day I'll be able to pull that off. Now, if I could pull that off, then... Uh, yeah, you can put me up there with the ancestors. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, 35 days is, is quite a lot. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, that's some serious resistance. All right, and, yeah. okay, and it sounds like you are feeling good about what's happening there. And like you said, you got a lot of comrades there that are doing their thing, even though you kind of have to do it a little bit separately, but you're feeling the collective energy, which is beautiful. Are you getting any pushback from the guards? No, no, not at all, because we're not in the open doing anything. Right, we're all doing right. everything in ourselves. So they're not they're not worried about us pretty much uh, leaving us alone because we were pushing the issue. As you might not know, Corkin was the last place to get those masks. We didn't get no masks, and the guards weren't even wearing them at the time. So when the guards start wearing the mask, and then we start getting the mask, and then they started the testing for us, you know, they had to start testing them, and we start getting, you know, the pandemic start hitting us. And, right. you know, so we're really, we really, you know, bent on that. And hearing about what happened in Soledad and in Solano with the way they attacked the brothers over there, and then hearing that it was because they were challenging the conditions about how the guards are the ones bringing it in, which is the truth. And mm -hmm. they're, they're not giving masks, but they're forcing them to wear it. It just didn't sit right with us. So we've been following paperwork here left and right and getting some wins. We have a, a captain with this, you know, this seeing us, you know, eye to eye and understand what we're, we're talking about. So right now they want to stay as far back away from us as possible, which is a good thing, um, you know. So people are getting their doctor appointments regularly. Um, people that are going to work are able to do so. Um, we can have quarterly packages to this quarter. Um, you know, they're passing out the mail on time. It's not a shortage there. You know, and, and, and you know, it's still a modified program that they're running, but it doesn't feel like it, it, it still feels like we're just having regular programs because you know a lot of people like to stay in their cell anyway at a lot of the time so that's not bothering anyone but uh you know it, it, it feels good you know it feels good and, and, and black august always brings up a united front with all those new africans and other ethnicities like to see our push so they join in in little ways too you know Okay, that that's nice. Do you do you feel like it carries throughout the year, or 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 do you feel mostly that there's mostly a push, you know, during during well, August? How's that well, going? your 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 habits should carry throughout the year because it's a 365 day event. You're supposed Absolutely. to keep with, with certain study habits, exercise routines, maintain your discipline, stay clean, do things like that throughout the year. You know, mm -hmm. so it carries with a lot of us who are more serious. 
some people, they grow a little lax and get off into other things that they don't have time for. But it's, it's, it's a learning process, and it's a time to really stand up and be counted for and lead by example. What impresses me is even though a lot of these youngsters still materialistic and curse and, you know, downplay women with the way they talk about them and how they look at them and things like that, when it comes to this month, from what I have seen the last couple of years of being back in general population, the crowd that we draw, they do work on that. They work on little things they know um, they're in error with, you know, and, and that's a good feeling. And then to know that, you know, my education from the elders was right on point. I'm passing that on to others. That makes me feel good as well. You know, there is still the harsh reality of dealing with, you know, um, racist and fascist guards, but you have to maintain a strong mind not to, you know, to challenge and lash back. Because they really try to push your buttons. I had them jam me up a couple of days ago, coming from work, threw me up against the wall, patted me kind of roughly, and I just smiled and laughed. You know, it, it, it's the first time in my life I actually felt humble. You know, I actually felt like this does not bother me, that I'm not worried about you breathing down my neck. I'm not worried about you, you know, uh, saying a few obscenities in my ear. Nothing's working. You know, nothing is working. And, and that was the first time in, like, 25, 30 years that I've ever stood my ground like that, and it felt good. So, this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. You know, I know I'm growing as well. And if I can lead by example like others did, I, I'm, I'm doing a good job. That is that is beautiful, and um, I'm I'm happy for you that you are continuing to make that that growth. I still want you out here to be able to catch those youth before they are are captured and put in there, because while many of you are 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 so so strong, so just brilliant minds, really enlightened souls for sure. Um, I just really don't want prison to be the place where that manifests anymore, as you well know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're okay. <laughs> we're okay. You know, we're used to it. You know, like any type of, uh, we're used to everything. I mean, there's nothing I haven't seen as far as a, 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 a cop killing some of us who are unarmed doing a riot or something or putting us on the yard where we're at war with another ethnicity and going through that and being physically assaulted myself. I mean, hog-tied and thrown in a cell. I've been waterboarded. I mean, there's nothing they haven't done or attempted to do, but it doesn't break my spirit because I know my ancestors went through much, much worse. So I can deal with it because I'll focus on them. And then I'll focus on Jesus hanging on that cross for all those many hours and get pierced in his side, all because he stayed strong as a revolutionary. You know, in, in, a, in a time when... I mean, what he was doing was unthought of, thought of. you know, the, the, the people he was up against in that 1% class really thought they were followers of God when they weren't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, so, you yeah. Know, you think about those that came before you who um, were strong-minded and, and was able to, you know, go through it and still complete their mission, who am I to complain, you know? I welcome it, you know, because, it, it, like I said, it puts me up there with a select group, you know, and, and I'm able to you know, be happy, you know, and that, that my spirit, so I'm gone, my spirit will live on and others will be able to follow it, you know, because it, it is hard. It is hard, and uh, my thoughts and prayers is really with you all out there in society because I see how they mistreat people who are protesting and waging a right to combat these social ills that's going on out there, and they're harassing them the way they're doing it. It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all, you know. So... Like I said, you know, I, I um I remain strong, and but you guys are always going to be in my thoughts and prayers. Well, and uh, 
for some reason they're cutting us short. I don't oh, know why. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sid, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I'll send you my love, and I'll call you again as soon as I can. Take care of yourself. Stay healthy out there, and you guys keep the fight going. It's always a pleasure. You're always in my thoughts and prayers. If you kill, talk to Mary, kiss her on the cheek for me until I said she's in my thoughts and prayers, and I can't wait to see her in the next couple of years. Yes, please. Yes, yes. Back at you. You know, we've got you All out right, here. Now. Okay. Talk, talk to you soon. Okay, you too. Bye, right, Willie Mom. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And now we've got JB and KM on the inside from the Freedom and Justice Center. I would love for you guys to talk about what you feel is going on there at, uh, you know, CTF there in Soledad. Um, that would be great. I would love to hear what you all have to say. Well, I believe it's directly connected to uh, what we see happening out there with Black Lives Matter and everything else. I believe it's connected to uh, uh, the racial profile and the history of this, this country as, as a police state and a totalitarian uh, regime begin to re- reveal itself as a fascist order. That's what I believe it is. What about you, K.N.? Yeah, I reiterate that. Yeah. So so if you look at right now, uh, according to uh, uh, another news report, they uh, shut down the, uh, the federal prisons and, and sent, all, sent a lot of late guards out there to the streets of you know, uh, Portland and, and, and different locations. What you see is, is the connection inside and out, almost like in, in the slave slave system of, of the past, the slave patrols now is, is in these uniforms, but they're doing the same thing. Uh, uh, they, they went from just patrolling uh, the oppressed community, oppressed people, and, and, and uh, uh, placing them in the new Jim Crow system of mass incarceration into now beginning to repress because it's beginning to, to expose uh, who's truly the powers that be that's truly uh, uh, and with uh, the call of humanity to do away with this old Western decadent system that that is, is a, a throwback to the colonial era. Right. You feel like they're just quelling. They're just quelling the rebellion. Yeah, but in addition, in addition to that, they they, they trying to, uh, 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 and they did it after 9/11 too. They they trying to sure up uh, uh, gaps inside of they they uh, uh, fascist order. And, 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 uh, and, and as far as remember, just like the institutions like Solidarity, these are insti- what, what George called institutions of social control and repression. Mm-hmm. Would you like to talk about um, uh, the the security threat group the uh, CDC Small Arms put forth? Yes, in regards to the security threat group, because they have um, they uh, it's been uh, historically we can trace where. The CDCR have always took certain groups and um, and named them, separated them from the general population, and give them give them a name, uh, give those individuals a name. But it was always based on uh, the people that they picked. It wasn't only African convicts that they picked and uh, put up under such such a title. They do it with anybody they deem that posed a threat. Ordinary functioning system. Those usually are the cats or the fellas a spirit of countering the, uh, the, the negative things that the uh, CDC does to them. You know, whether it's um, um, uh, whether it's political or uh, spiritual or whatever social, whatever issue it may be, 
they'll take that person if he rebelled against them and simply say, look, you oppose the threat, therefore you'll be put in this particular category. They do it not only individuals or groups, uh, groups, individuals, et cetera. Actually, they've done it to us. They just wasn't naming it when they put us in a hole in solitary confinement. And, um, and thought, start telling the world that we the worst of the worst, you know. And, uh, and our experience in that, um, personally, 22 years of solitary confinement for me. And um, so when they come up with these titles, these titles is only to uh, be used to separate people and to, uh, um, and to label them uh, these certain titles. Now, these titles um, of follow-up person, even if they no longer considers the uh, 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 um, security security risks or whatnot, they still follow them. They go to the board, they'll bring it up. Um, um, they'll bring up the same thing, and that's how the board would, would measure the thing. Yep, and you can connect that to also that the, the indeterminate uh, 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 citizen, uh, how, how, how that plays out and disconnected with it because uh, the whole the whole thing is to get money off of bodies to kill cells. So when at the toward the, when the writing was on the wall toward the end of the home strikes and they knew they was gonna have to start to release uh, that that class, what they did is they created uh, uh, in, in uh, October of 2012 they created what was called STG identification management and there was another word with that identification management uh, on that manual immediately uh, uh, the class opposed it filed the opposition. You, you see, uh, people that's interested, huh? The after class. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 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 uh filed opposition. Uh, and in that opposition uh, to that, uh, th it was made clear that this is an example to uh, create another body uh, of, of individuals to fill these cages that should be condemned and shut down. So, so, so when you look, when you look at, uh, uh, and that was filed immediately. Uh, uh, they had, they had, they had, they had the guys isolated, and 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 uh, Scott Kernan uh, rolled that out with with George Urbino, and immediately it was it was opposition filed. The problem is is that these same guys today, including as Solidad, they haven't did their homework. They haven't studied and looked at. It's, uh, so so when when the SDG pop up, it's like a foreign concept to them because they don't understand it. And, and, and this is this is a generation who's been targeted as a future one to fill up these these uh, warehouses and, and sales for 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 longevity of, of the money count. So yeah. somehow another they got to start learning. They got to start uh, uh, studying about how that how that whole SDG scheme works inside well, of it. Well, so then what do you, can I just ask, what do you think about this 3 a.m. raid that happened at CTF involved 200-plus uh, 200, 200 black prisoners only, and it was only white and uh, Latino guards that, yeah. uh, that raided their cells and basically just abusively pulled these guys out of their cells, completely stripped all of their... Uh, completely stripped their cells of all of their materials, saying that it was 
they were investigating STG activity? Uh, 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 first of all, anyone take and read the work of a melancholy history of Soledad Prison by Min Lee, they'll see that there's a long historical history record of racism right there at that county and Salinas at that county. That's what that book opens up and tells you in Chapter 1 all about. And as you go further into it, you understand the reason why W.L. Nolan, Alvin Miller, Cleveland, Edwards, Yogi, what's Yogi's name? Oh, Yogi Pinnell? Yeah, he was there. Why they all was targeted and treated like they was when they was placed in O-Wing, Old Soledad. So you look at a long, long history of what white guards and brown guards had did historically toward black captives. And as you go further into the book, you'll see it begin to play out worldwide. You see the same strain coming up to date still happening. So I think that's something that this has to be framed in and looked at is in that history light because it happens on both the old and the new prison. It's institutional racism, and it's clear. It's just that a lot of times people don't call it for what it is, but it's definitely institutional racism. Can I, do you think this has anything to do with also Black August coming up? Well, personally, I believe that the timing, it's usually everything they does as a retaliation for whatever they feel usually happened in July, all right, in August. Hold on one second. Okay, and so to us, it's not surprising that it happened in August. You know, one of the officers that was part of that raid was from Salinas, and he brought it to one of the fellows' attention. Now, I didn't know you had so many other, so many members, revolutionary members over there in Soledad. And so that pointed to that this plan invasion was directed toward conscious individuals, you know, and to that point, I believe Black Caucus is related to the time for them to invade in that fashion, you know. Have you heard about this taking place in any other of the prisons? Not like that, nothing like, not to that degree. Right. No. Have you? Have you, KM? No. See, if you look at, again, at that county and those guards that work there, they're so far away from CDC headquarters. They're like their own, they like the guards was at Pelican Bay. They was behind the Redwood Curtain. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. I'm listening. 
Oh, yeah. So, 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 uh, it's not to that extent, but I believe that, that, uh, because they know, uh, prisoners is also opposing that regime. And I'm talking about, uh, 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 uh new African, uh, uh, black African, uh, 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 prisoners taking that, 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 that front role and doing it because they know that's happening. Uh, I believe that they targeted them because they believe that they also is, is tied to, uh, uh the outside oppressed people that are rising up right now. Mm-hmm. I no think you're, you're right. No doubt. Yeah. All right. Listen, guys. Um, I want to. I want to thank you for that. For for just bringing all this, this wisdom and uh, you know, bringing the the frontline voices to the to what's happening. So I appreciate this. Okay. Thank you. Uh, uh, we we always appreciate uh, uh, y'all on, on, uh, that's on that side on, on that uh, 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 line of the new Jim Crow system of bring bring it to attention. Okay. Do you want? Do you want to? Yeah. Is there any one last thing you want? Either of you want to say? Yeah, we don't get to hear from KM all the time, so I'm let KM. Uh, uh, I know. Uh, I love this. <laughs> you know. You know. I wish, um, uh, like you said, this interview kind of threw me off balance. I wish I was more studied on uh, the, the subject matter because it's so early. It happened, but human violations in prisons, um, uh, the CDCR, it's a constant for us for them to violate uh, all the groups. So human, uh, there are human violations. We, um, we always challenge it. And, um, and so it's so many, and it's a constant. And uh, like the brother said, that um, it's a good thing to have outside, outside strength supporting us in these different, uh, or uh, acknowledging these different things. Like, like you said, historically, um, it happened to George Jackson and all of them. Solidad is known for this. And uh, and it always happened between July and August. You can always trace something like um, always come out to institutions on this. And uh, I'm glad to hear you guys uh, acknowledge that. This is clearly discrimination, you know, because they pointed out a particular group to do it too. Thank you so much for um, for educating us, really. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that was we we knew that was one of the, the biggest challenges during the, uh, the HS was to be able to enlighten uh, uh, those that, that 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 was coming in and and, and, and was uh, joining uh, in that in that uh, push to uh, uh, open up the climate chambers. And we knew a lot of education because there's a lot of background. But yeah, uh, uh, that's a that's a, a good thing. An ongoing process. Maybe we'll get KM to uh, sit at some of these roundtables now that we finally uh, caught up with him. You know? I know Absolutely. I know, one, I know one thing. This is a pleasure. Like I said, um, um, next time I know I'll be more on with the subject matter. You know, and um, because like you said, so many pieces involved in this type of thing. This is not new. And uh, and it happened so much uh, to us that um, that uh, I'm glad that you picked this particular time and brought out the fact that we got we got what we call Bloody July that is happening now and um, and that's a commemoration time as well. It's the time and uh, and uh, Black August runs right into that and just next week will be Black August and uh, and the statement that. Uh, that the um, officer made to one of the revolutionary conscious brothers over there in Salinas points to the fact that 
they this um, this raid was uh, we already know was directed at a particular class, but they had other motives involved. In the midst of this coronavirus, you know, forcing them to be tied together with no masks on, says that uh, this was an intimidation move. And, uh, and like Russ said, they have been doing it with individuals across different joints, you know, and uh, that's been surprising. Yes, yeah. All right. Uh, thank you so much for that, and uh, we will make sure that the, um, the you know, again, the people will continue to get educated by y'all. So thank you. All right. Be mm -hmm. safe out there. Okay. Okay. All right. Be All safe. Right. Okay. You too. Thank you so much, you guys, for taking the time. Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay. All right, beautiful people, that is our show. Thank you for joining me this morning. I want to give a big shout out to our loved ones and friends behind the walls and their families. Um, all the work that's being done out here, it, it, seeing what the families are doing out here for their loved ones is unprecedented and wonderful to see, um, especially in the, the face of COVID, what's happening at San Quentin and is happening throughout all of our our prisons, detention centers, and um, federal prisons and jails as well. Uh, so thank you, and I want to give a shout-out to everybody that showed up at San Quentin. Even if you weren't able to be there, if you were uh, there virtually um, or in spirit, thank you so much for all of the support and uh, to uh, No Justice Under Capitalism for their amazing organizing. I would like to... Um, uh, please go to California Prison Focus's website at www.prisons.org and check out our new Prison Focus mailbox where you can hear community members reading the letters, the powerful, beautiful, heartbreaking letters that we get from our loved ones inside every day. Um, and please, if you can, make a donation there. California Prison Focus is a long-standing human rights organization that could absolutely uh, use your help and base and the only way that any of us can be using your are the can keep going is from community involvement so please go there to www.prisons.org and check out our website and make a donation if you can also i would like um, you to support if you can something that you can do right away is go to freedom for chip Dot org. He is one of the longest held political prisoners. Um, he's been in for 50 years and there is a campaign to release him that is in ongoing. If you would like more info to help Chip, you can also email theplum2175 at att.net. That's T-H-A-P-L-U-M 2175 at att.net. Also, our loved ones are still being brutalized inside. Call the governor, call the wardens, call um, Ralph Diaz, the secretary, and tell them to release our people. That is the only way that they will be free from a possible death sentence from COVID-19. Love y'all. See you next week.
Thank you. 